All right, everybody, welcome back to the best hour of their day. Fern here. I'm here with my good buddy, Pete Shaw. Um, you guys, if you listen to the podcast regularly, I previously had Pete's business partner on, Paul Tremblay, uh, but I figured we'd have the fitter of the two owners on the show, uh, which, is, <laughs> which is currently Pete. So um, Maybe for this year, at least. Hey, listen, take it, bro. Take it, bro. <laughs> listen. Trust me, I do. I do take it. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say that to burn, to burn Paul a little bit. <laughs> um, Cause I know he's, I know he's going to, he's going to, that's going to poke him in the ribs a little bit. Um, it'll motivate, it'll motivate him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So you guys own, uh, uh, I always forget is it NCR CrossFit or CrossFit NCR? CrossFit NCR. CrossFit, CrossFit, NCR. CrossFit, NCR. But you know what? In hindsight, we probably should have gone NCR CrossFit, but that's okay. Well, that leads me to that question. Why? What, what made you, what do you know now that you didn't know then that would make you change it? Just, uh, just like just brand identity. I think that's the major reason why most CrossFit gyms have the, their, their branding name in front and then CrossFit afterwards is just so that, I mean, we, most people call our gym just NCR anyway. Yeah. It's like most right? people call our gym Rife. That's the exact, there you go. I mean, I'm are you, sure are you CrossFit Rife or Rife CrossFit? Well, so we're CrossFit Rife and that's why I asked. Okay. And I, and then when you said that, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, do most gyms do it the other way? I feel like most gyms go CrossFit, then their name. I think for sure most gyms do that, but then some, you know, make the conscious effort to go the other way for like branding purposes. I don't know if it's actually something we should have done, but I think CrossFit NCR has a better ring to it anyway. Yeah, I like that. I like the, it's to the point. Yeah. I, I do. I originally wanted our, our uh, gym name to be CrossFit Syndicate and that was taken actually. Um, well, actually wasn't taken but somebody else had like claimed it, but hadn't opened their gym. Okay. But I'm glad we went with the simpler name for branding purposes. Right. And syndicate is a little aggressive. Yeah. And and syndicate is a little aggressive, which I don't know that that's uh, best for brand purposes. So, um, you know, sometimes getting it wrong is right. That's exactly it. Short and simple. Um, But I wanted to talk to you. So you qualified, what sanctional did you qualify for the 2020 games out of? The Southfit Challenge, the CrossFit Southfit Challenge in Argentina. And then why that one? Oh, man. Well, it started out as uh, actually Pablo, our co-worker. Oh, yeah. Pop, right. he jo- he, he's from Argentina. And he, uh, he joked about it at the CrossFit Games when we, when we were judging together. So he was just like, I mean, he knew I was training hard and, and wanted to uh, continue to make a run for the games. And I was telling him about some of the sanctioned events I'd, I'd planned to, to go to. And he's like, oh, you should come to Argentina. You know, you could win <laughs> the way Pablo does. Eh? And I'm like, oh, Pablo. Pablo is just such a positive guy. Like, you yeah. can't, everything, he just wants you to do everything, like, I was probably thinking like he just wants me to come down to Argentina and hang out with him for a yeah. week. Yeah. You know, like, so I was like, okay, sweet, Pablo, sounds good. Like, <laughs> that's really far. I'll take a look at it. And then it actually just happened to be that. Um, so the closest sanctioned event to to me geographically is Montreal, which is happening next month. Um, okay. The Atlas Games, and they both Argentina, the Southfield Challenge, and the Atlas Games. Um, were in the international online qualifier, which was that mini 
open basically that happened before the open for like yeah. four, four different sanctioned events, including Wadapalooza and yep. Ireland. And so I was like, okay, well, of course I'm going to sign up for this because I want to go to Montreal. And uh, I just put my name in the hat for Argentina. And it just so happened that I was very high in the rankings for qualifying for Argentina. And I was like, wow, this is a very high possibility that I could, uh, I could compete for a game spot here. And then, you know, after looking at it, it became sort of a reality. I, I committed to it and, and just went for it. Yeah. I think that's an untalked about, in my opinion, bonus of the sanctional, which is people can be a little bit more strategic about where they go and where they compete to give themselves the best odds to win. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I was very strategic. <laughs> I, you have to be. I mean, that's yeah. part, that's part of sports. Like that's no, exactly. that's no different. That's no different than a football team. Uh, you know, scheduling a couple for sure wins on the schedule. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, the one of the other factors that played into it was um, was the fact that it fell right before Dubai, which you know is going to be a popular event for a lot of the top guys because yeah. there's, you know, a huge, a uh, huge amount of money to be won there. Yeah. And um, I mean, in what in is the cash purse there at Dubai? Yeah. Oh man. The purse. Uh, I mean, the total purse has got to be close to, it's got to be close to a million. Really? I don't know. It's a lot of money, man. Like Holy aren't crap. they, isn't the winner making mm, a hundred thousand at least maybe it's not a million maybe it's half a million but i mean I, I figured the if you were if you walked out of their top male top female you're probably going to get something between 75 to 100k though yeah yeah i think so i think so so anyway and, and they, they dish out huge uh you know cash prizes for event wins too i think they gave 10 grand to the winner of the clean and jerk Damn. and they just and they just announced that like minutes before the event too they're just like okay by the way we're gonna give 10 g's to the winner everyone's gonna go okay all right <laughs> yeah putting some extra kilos on the bar I'm going exactly broke. Oh. so i mean knowing how popular that event is for a lot of the top athletes and and uh I, I'm, i've never been to the games before i'm a i'm a, a regional competitor and uh you know sort of on the cusp like i need to pick and choose my spots wisely and so i was yeah. like hey argentina is a real possibility and i'm gonna i'm gonna put all my all my eggs into that basket. So I went for it. That's awesome, dude. Congrats yeah. on that. I think, Thanks, um, man. yeah, I, I think, I think honestly, if there's no ability to be strategic about a season, then I don't find it very appealing or fun. Right. You know? So I think it's cool, man. I think it's cool to, to, to watch people kind of like pick and choose their battles and, mm -hmm. You know, that was one of the big downsides of the regional was like, it was one and done, man. Like if you had a bad weekend, that was just it for you. Even if That's you were it. like crazy fit, like you could get yep. sick or whatever. Yeah, and that was it absolutely, for you. Absolutely. And the, the longer season allows for people to choose when they want to peak according to their lifestyle and, you know, the demands of, uh, you know, their own training and, and things like that. It was basically like you're forced to peak in, march or april whenever regionals used to be mm -hmm. every single year and if you weren't ready on that day then that, that was it for you where you know let's say there could be a handful of crossfitters who are who are just as fit or ready to qualify for the games in december like i was yeah <laughs> right? so um 
I managed to peak it at the right time and I picked the right spot. And, you know, there's going to be a bunch of other people doing that in Wadapalooza. And I think there's one in Norway this weekend, which is really cool too. Yeah. Norwegian's underway right now. And then Wadapalooza is next weekend. So yeah. So that'll be really sweet to watch. Speaking of lifestyle, um, you're trying to find new normal at this point. So you have a four week old baby. Yeah. Um, how's that going for you? <laughs> we were talking about it a little bit beforehand before you yeah. record, but yeah, man, it's a, it's amazing. Like, I mean, that's really, that's really all I could say. The experience is, the experience is crazy. Like, yeah, you've got two kids, you know, it, it totally changes every aspect of your life. And now your world revolves around, you know, this little person. And, uh, we were talking about earlier, you know, people ask you about it and all, all it seems like you can say is, oh yeah, they, they poo a lot. They, <laughs> they yell a lot and scream a lot. And like, <laughs> cause it's really all they do. They eat, they poo, they sleep, they scream. And most of it seems negative, but like, you can't love the, the, you can't love your son or daughter more than anything in the world. Right. It's no. crazy. Oh, it's, it's so uh, fun. It's fun to change the diaper. Like it's fun yeah. to pick them up when they're screaming. Like as, as weird as that sounds, when you say it out loud, you know, you, when you experience it, you're like, Oh wow. Like this is amazing. Yeah. And I didn't really, it's hard to grasp when somebody tells you, you know, like the, when you see your child the first time that you will, look at life as a whole through a different lens but that's that's literally how it is like you it's like everything takes new colors you you look at everything differently um and i like to uh we just had a a member here uh, who just had his first kid uh Mm -hmm. about a week ago and Mm -hmm. uh i like to call it it's the greatest job in the world man being a dad yeah it's a very cool experience it's a it's a cool cool club to be in um but on that note so Qualified for the games, you know, yep. the games is coming up in, we'll call it uh, six months, roughly. Yeah. 20 through 22 and a half weeks. Yeah. So the countdown not, is on. not that you're counting. Um, <laughs> so how does that, so for most people that, um, that don't know, so obviously you're, you know, you coach an affiliate, you're an owner of affiliate and, and then work on seminar staff. How does, how is your schedule changing? Does, does coaching start to take a back seat at this point in your training? Like- mm, so, yeah, I mean, part of, part of the challenge, obviously, of the last month has been to start to figure that stuff out. Um, in terms of the coaching and my responsibilities at the gym, nothing's really changed a lot. I, I, we had a small shift in our, in our coaching schedule before the baby came. Um, and that relieved me of a couple hours a week. Uh, so that was nice. And, and I got to just uh, have a little bit more of a relaxed end of week, which is, which allows me just to be at home a bit. A, a lot of the work that we do at the gym, just because, you know, being an owner and operator of the gym, a lot of it is administrative. Mm-hmm. Luckily, a lot of that I could do at home. Uh, yeah. So instead of doing it at the gym, I just choose to do that at home uh, now. And I, I mean, who knows if that's going to change or another example would be we, we outfit our basement with a a bunch of workout gear. Yeah. And so in terms of training, the plan is to have that available to me when I can do it, uh, when I, when I need to work out here. Uh, But as you know, working out in a class or with people is usually a little bit better for your fitness just in terms of pushing yourself. So I try to work out now as much as I can at the box and, um, and then just be, give myself a situation where I can be flexible when I need to. 
in terms of the hours I need to be at the gym though for coaching, etc., that really hasn't changed. And then, um, you know, being on level one staff, I make myself as available as I can be just yeah. sort of status quo on that. I just thought about this holds PT's new one. They were actually born on the exact same day. Are you kidding me? No, I swear to God. It's crazy. It's pretty crazy. So you guys are just like, Hey, let's just have, let's both of us have kids at the, on the same day. So it, it kind of, it happened by chance. And shortly after the first, you know, the first month or two, we were like, wait, our kids are going to be due very similar days. He actually kept it a bit of a secret because um, Sarah's third, this is her third. It was a scheduled C-section. And so he wanted, oh, okay. he wanted it to be a surprise for everybody. So he kept the due date a little bit more of a secret than we did. So PT knew, um, PT knew the whole time that it was going to be That's the same day. If, you know, if it was, if Johnny was born when he, when he was supposed to be born, it was actually the day after the due date for us. And Paul and Sarah went into, uh, went into the hospital in the morning and then we were waiting around. And then that evening, Jen gave birth to Johnny. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it was really, really cool. So they share a birthday. Hopefully they can become good friends one day. That's super badass. Yeah. Um, how, I mean, what's your, well, obviously, you're, are, you, or are you taking a little bit of a break on seminars or like how much are you working? For uh, I, I mean, I, I scheduled a couple of weekends off uh, in and around the, the baby, but yeah. the two weeks, the second weekend after I was, I was back in Vancouver, um, I, I, I request as many seminars as I can. Yeah. Um, I love working the seminars and it's a, it's a, it's my second job. It's uh, so I definitely aren't, I'm definitely not taking uh, too much of a break on that. Naturally over the last three years of being on staff, I've, I've been an average of about 20 seminars a year. And so I expect to pretty much hit that same number. Yeah. I mean, that's a little less than a little less than what a little less than every other weekend almost. Yeah, exactly. So about every other weekend, and as you know, it comes in spurts. So it'll be, you know, it'll be maybe one on one off for a bit and then you'll take four weeks off and then you'll do four in a row. So it's kind of, it's kind of random and you just sort of take it in stride. Yeah. I'm in the middle of a three week, four week stretch right now of seminars. I believe. So by the end, by the end of that, you're pretty tired and then, yeah you're ready for maybe and my, my wife's a little my wife's a little grumpy rightfully so um yeah, yeah. so naturally so, for that you step away maybe from the gym an extra day during the middle of the week or something like that i should and, and and yeah and admittedly i am not the best about doing that i'm probably the worst to be full to for full disclosure for everybody it's um, the so i do have this question and i'm sure a lot of people have this question so you're an affiliate owner mm-hmm who is qualified for the game. So obviously your training looks a little bit different, but you, if if anybody caught that, you just said you're trying to work out in the classes as much as possible. And so how long will you do that for? At what point do you kind of break off and you're like, Hey, I'm training for something very specific. Well, a specific day and event where we don't know specifically what it is we're training for, but I'm, uh, I never, I'm never going to back away from the classes. I've always taken class, uh, classes. I, I try to take it every day unless, unless I coach like four of the five classes that day. Yeah. So I need to do it in between coaching, but I'm always trying to get into a class when I can. Mm -hmm. Um, 
my programming is based around that. So the way our gym works is my business partner, Reza, uh, he does all the programming for the gym, the day-to-day programming. Um, and he basically, he also does um, some personalized programming for myself and then a few other athletes who, you know, want to do some competitions, whether it be local or sanctioned events or whatever. Yep. And as we know, if you want to get fitter faster, you need to work on your weaknesses. And so that's basically what Reza does. The quote unquote personalized aspects of those programs is just knowing the athlete's weaknesses and training those a little bit more often than other things. Um, but at, at our gym, we also give our athletes the opportunity to do predetermined extra work, quote unquote. So we call that priority work. And what we found over the years is that a lot of our athletes would stay after class or show up early for class and they would do extra work either just to hang out with their friends more or because they genuinely wanted to improve upon a certain skill. Mm -hmm. And without earlier on in our early years when without having that pre-programmed our athletes were we found they were overtraining a little bit we found that they would be you know there would be huge amounts of redundancy because they didn't know what was coming the next day maybe maybe the athlete would do a pull-up workout and they'd be frustrated with their pull-ups and then we'd find them doing hundreds of pull-ups right after we're like no this is you can't do this (laughs) so what we decided we were like we need to just accept the fact that people are going to be doing extra work and we need to pre-program this extra work as optional work. If they decide they want to do extra work, this is what they should be doing. And so this is all programmed and available to our athletes just sort of as they want. And um, my training outside of class uh, in large part since Argentina happened has just been that exactly just NCR programming plus the extra work that Res has been programming for everyone else. So that allows me to, to have some fun, jump in with everyone uh, after class, whoever wants to work out. And then, and now my, that's the only part that's changed for me. So I do my class workouts, just the same thing I've always been doing. And that extra work doesn't become, it's no longer that general program. It becomes, what are my weaknesses? Mm -hmm. I'm going to hammer those for the next six months. So what is that? What is the, so not your specific priority work. What is the priority work, the general priority work for the gym look like? Cause I know somebody's listening to this and they're like, Oh, that's an extra workout. Like, I don't know. It might be, but kind of explain yeah. to people like what that kind of looks and feels like. Yeah. So we try to have a, a if you think, if you take a, a GPP CrossFit program template and you think, and you, and you, your goal is to have the workout of the day in the class setting be the, the high intensity piece or the piece where you're going to get the most out of your fitness for your general physical preparedness. And if you want to do some extra skill work after, obviously you're not going to be able to come out and do another high intensity or a workout as intense as the one that you just did. And so programming that it takes a little bit of skill, takes a little bit of art and res is really good at it. So what we try and do is we try to give people you know, a strength or a barbell based option, a gymnastics option, and a, a little bit of a longer Metcon or a cardio uh, vascular option. And, and I mean, 
those aren't hard rules, but that gives you sort of a general visual of it and an outline. And are all three of those available every day or are you picking and choosing? It's one of those every day. They're, they're, they're all available every single day. And you, and we educate our athletes to pick and choose based on their weaknesses. So if you have, uh, you know, if you're severely deficient in your cardiovascular abilities, then you should probably, you know, get on the rower and row that easy 5k afterwards if you're going to do anything yeah right uh, and so that's sort of how we educate everyone what happens a lot of the time too is like i said people just like hanging out with their friends and doing wads yeah right? so you get a few people off to the side they look at the the priority work that's what we call it and uh they might mix and match some stuff you know so they'll be like hey i like this part and this part and i've only got 20 minutes so let's combine those two and just do like a cool partner workout yeah so that's that's how it ends up being. I used to be of the school of thought that you should just put a hard stop on that. And then I and then that was just ignorant on my part and it was very idealistic because then I thought about myself I'm like, well, I grew up as a gym rat and I would just be in the gym all day long whether it's yeah. playing sports or training and stuff like that. Yeah. And I realized that taking that away from people does not facilitate the best hour of their day number one. No. But B, if I am having that battle, and, and you guys have done it the smart way, which is just mm-hmm. take control of the fact that people want to do extra work. It's not mm-hmm. good or bad. It just is, right? So, like, you can't, you can't just – you can't be mad about it. It just is what it is. Like, it is what it is. we can complain about, like, I can't be mad about the way the world is. Like, so what's my solution for that? Which is, like, well, I'll take control of it, and I'll give them something that is created by us mm-hmm. so that they can do something that's not – counter to the entire program because i we used to have a, a guy at the gym who he would do that all the time he'd just mm-hmm. be like, oh man he's like i feel like we need to deadlift and he would go deadlift heavy the day before <laughs> and then the next day we would be deadlifting and, and i and i told him i was like if you feel like you need to do that like just bank on it it's coming i'm like we think about that stuff we know yeah. so if you're feeling the itch to do that like just be patient like it's coming yeah. we're gonna do it <laughs> yeah but um, no, I think that's smart. And I think, you know, the, the people who are doing their own program on the side who are coaches or, or affiliate owners, like you don't have to, there's no reason that the affiliate can't do your special program as far as, you know, as long as the, the center of that is GPP based. And then if you want to create accessory work or priority work, however you want to call it, like you can do that. And then, but everybody's now doing the same thing. That's exactly it. And it creates a culture where, you know, people are doing their own mini, you know, group stuff in the open gym side of the, of the building. And, and there's, and there, you're creating community beyond the class, which is super important because now you don't have the, the one person who thinks they're, you know, the competitive CrossFitter and needs their own programming. So they isolate themselves in the corner and, and they're just doing that to try to get better and everyone's intimidated by them, right? Instead, you have multiple people who are just genuinely having fun with CrossFit. Maybe not even just, maybe not even to do a competition, but I mean, most of us started CrossFit because it was fun. Yeah. Right. We started CrossFit because it was fun and we just love doing workouts. Right. And you either you have to, you, I mean, yes, you have to have that voice in your head that tells you when to stop because it can be, you know, counterproductive at times. But if you, who are, who are we to stop people from having fun? 
right? And if and if they, if that's the reason they're coming to their to your gym and they have not only the best hour of their day, but maybe sometimes the best two hours of their day. Yeah. I'm not going to kick them out. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, take them under my wing and I'm going to educate them on, on how they can do it in a safe environment and how they can make choices that will actually benefit their fitness instead of take away from it. So that's kind of the culture we're trying to, we're trying to create is, um, you know, it's okay to do extra stuff. And if you are going to do it, this is what you should do because there are things you need to consider and what you'll find anyway is that most most people have had enough after the class anyway. So, you know, you don't need to really put the reins on it, you know, and have caution tape around uh, around the open gym side. People will make that decision on their own um, just based on how hard they went and how, how good they're feeling. It's usually the, the people with all the energy in the world and the people that can handle it. It's like the minority and they're the ones that are going to do that extra work. I find that um, because we do something very similar, but I I do want to make some tweaks to it. And uh, but I find that most people don't do the extra work. No, that no, they don't. (laughs) They're tired. Yeah, they're tired. (laughs) Now, now, if people are not, and this is something to consider for coaches who are listening to this, if people, if people are, if if you have huge swaths of people in your gym that are always looking to do extra work. I'm inclined to think that you're not facilitating the workout correctly, meaning they're Mm -hmm. not hitting it with the intensity. They don't understand the stimulus. They're not looking at the loading and the volume the way that they should. Yep. Because when you do those things correctly, I don't want to do anything else. No, it's true. It's true. And even in my own training, like I, I realized that training for the CrossFit games, it's important for me to, to get a certain, number of skills in per day to get a certain amount of training in per day um, to make myself competitive. And although sometimes my day forces me to get all the work done within like a two to three hour window kind of straight, it's not the most productive because I do the first hour and I'm smashed. And so I getting through the next part is really, really tough. And so just from experience, I know that, you know, if you, do the, the class workout and you do want to hit something with high intensity immediately after, then you probably didn't go hard enough in, in that class workout. Right. Yeah. Um, I usually have to try to break that up. And, and that's, you know, that's, again, that's something that came about over a long period of time. We had to learn that at our gym. Uh, it was just sort of the evolution of it. We never had open gym when we first started, we just didn't have the space for it. Our, our classes were packed we had to tell people like, Hey, like, if you want to do extra work, like you have this, you and the 10 other people have this six foot, you know, piece of real estate in the corner. And all you can have is like a dumbbell and a med ball. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have at it, but you can't come into the class cause we've got too many people. Yeah. And you know, over time as the gym grew and we had the space for it and you know, we, we decided that based on what we knew, we would start to facilitate those kinds of things in a, you know, in a good way. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. And part of the, part of the programming, when you're thinking about that and you need to take that into consideration, it's like, okay, these, these items that come after the workout or these accessory pieces should be lower intensity. They should have a specific focus on, on improving a skill uh, and not necessarily having another workout that's 
the highest intensity, um, you know, compared to what the class was. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's one of those things where sometimes you might have to emphasize that these are not for time on, on those, on those mm-hmm. extra pieces. Uh, yeah. And that's, and that's always been my contention with people who put multiple things in the hour. So I got a heavy lift, yeah. I got this and I got that. Mm-hmm. It, it's, I'm not, and I've said this before on the podcast, like if you want to do that stuff, that's fine. But mm-hmm. optimally that's to be done in a three to four hour window so that yeah. I can get the full benefit of them when I do them. So I can hit them. So I can hit the heavy lift and, and touch 90% if it happens to be in the program, because that's like where I'm trying to get that neuroendocrine response and the stimulus right. or to be yeah. heavy. And yeah. then I need a four hour break to hit a 12 minute Metcon that's supposed to be full throttle that's going to punish me a little bit. But if you're putting yeah. all those in a 60 minute window, you're doing both of them half ass and therefore Absolutely. not actually getting the value that you're looking for. You just feel like you did a lot of work because you did, you did a lot of yeah. work in an hour, but you didn't do it optimally. And that's always been my contention is like, I'm not saying this stuff's bad. It's not intended for a 60 minute window. Totally agree. And, and I'll never forget, uh, I'll never forget two years ago. Well, I guess now almost three years ago at the, the summit, um, the train, the seminar stuff, trainer summit in Dallas. It was in, yep, Texas. It was in Dallas, yeah, it was in Dallas at the Gaylord hotel. That's right. I remember that, uh, with like, with the huge, we were in like a terrarium. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll never forget coach Glassman saying something along the lines of, you know, in an ideal world, grandma's going to wake up. And she's going to, in the morning, walk to the mailbox and back six times. Mm-hmm. And then just before lunch, she's going to do a quick little couplet, a little Metcon. And then later on, before bed, she's going to do a couple of deadlifts. Right? And, and that, to me, it just sort of, I was like, oh, something clicked, like a light bulb. I was like, okay. Like, I always knew working out multiple times in the day was something that I wanted to do and there was a way to do it, but there was just, there's just so much with the level one and the level two and and CrossFit preaching, keep the hour to a minimum that sometimes you forget to look at the macro view as like the day, the week, the month Mm -hmm. um, as other potential areas where you can, you know, continue to do CrossFit and continue to be healthy. But since we're just, we're a group based program, we focus so much on the hour and delivering a a good, uh, efficient, effective CrossFit product within that hour. It requires you to be almost a minimalist in the sense so that you can, you can progress people in the right way. You know, sometimes it's good to realize that, okay, if, if these people want to continue to work out because a it's fun two, there's actually some stuff that could benefit them. Yeah. Right. We can educate them to do that, but maybe spread it out a little bit. Yeah. I think I I would agree that that is lost in there because, and it's largely because most people are doing it incorrectly, meaning that in, in an ideal world, I think we would all agree that multiple training sessions in a day would be ideal. As long as those training sessions are designed intelligently, meaning I've got a heavy session where I get to work on lifting heavy and then I can work on some metabolic conditioning and then maybe some skill work. Like those would be Mm -hmm. the three things I would want to get in every day because I can modulate the volume, the load as I go through to get get good variance across those. 
But since we don't all have that, then the next best option is minimum effective dose, which is do one of those really, really, really well. Absolutely. Um, so, and typically what you would, in an ideal world, as far as recovery, you would probably be looking at four hours between each training session, training session. prioritizing the one that would be the most needed would mm -hmm. go first in the day. So if you're mm -hmm. weak, lift heavy, if you lack cardiorespiratory endurance, then that would go first in the day. That's right. Um, so, but again, and then who's to say that those are even all going to take an hour to do, right? Like there, it could be 20 minutes, it yeah, could be, you know, right. 20, 20 minutes you spend on deadlifts if you're by yourself in your garage gym, you know? Yeah. Because heavy is relative, right? So like, exactly. maybe I don't need to touch 90%. Maybe I just need to pick up some heavy weight, do a little position work, or maybe I don't need an hour to do some, uh, some cardiorespiratory stuff. I need a 15 minute warm up, and then I need to run six 400 meter repeats that's right with and there's no there, i mean you're you're coaching yourself there's not you, you don't have any group management to worry about yeah, with a, a 20 person class. most of those don't take an hour exactly exactly so. no so it's 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 an interesting thing to think about and and yeah we're, we're just trying to we're trying to facilitate a, a, you know a healthy relationship with fitness that doesn't uh, with our within our the walls of our affiliate that doesn't alienate anybody who just enjoys CrossFit for what it is and wants to continue to do it beyond the hour class. Yeah. And that's something I had, I had to learn the hard way where, you know, back in the day it was like, curls are stupid. Don't you ever do curls in my gym? <laughs> and now, and now I'm like, I feel like we should do some curls. I think we should skull crushers. They, they just feel good, man. It feels good yeah. to get a pump once in a while. I know. Right. And you know, and <laughs> without having to do a hundred chest of our pull-ups. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And, and, and to acknowledge that like those kind of isolation type movements do have value in CrossFit contention is just, they're not the meat of the program or they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be yes. the bulk of it. Like we want compound movements, you know, not the isolation, but isolation does have a lot of value for people who are struggling to get pull-ups. Maybe they should do a lot of bent over rows so they can mm -hmm. upper back pulling. It doesn't involve their full body weight or some bicep curls so they can get a little bit stronger. So that stuff yeah. all, all absolutely has its place. And if you've spent any time reading books, you can, you can do that stuff really, really well and speed up the process, but not do it with high intensity involved exactly. thrown on top of everything. It's not like exactly. you have to douse everybody's program with high intensity totally. all the time. So, no. um, you know, I think that's where people should, you know, should just be a little bit more thoughtful about it. Totally. You know, it doesn't have to be full, you know, ham sandwich all the yep. time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then it's, um, it's what you were talking about before too, is it's not forgetting that just because you have the opportunity to do all these things in a day, doing them isn't always the right thing to do and then realizing that intensity is where the results lie right so if you're if you're overdoing it and eventually and you're just starting to slow down because your volume's too high and you're not recovering then you need to maybe revisit that that one time per day workout where you just literally give it everything you have and you'll probably realize that you're going to get better results that way not, and not only will you get better results let's say that you are somebody like yourself who's competed at a high level if your if your volume does drop off, you're going to be able to sustain a lot of that capacity for a long time, mm -hmm. if you just focus on that one thing. But if you start trying to do too much, that's when you're going to start to see that pretty significant uh, drop off. You know, yeah. I you know strength takes a lifetime, and once you're strong, it's really hard to get weak, even if yeah, you're not lifting that yeah, frequently. There's not a lot that's going to take that away. That's for sure. You know, absent of just not training at all. But you know, I've 
I can still throw down and I don't, my training is irregular at best. Um, but I can still hit some times that are pretty close to when I was training, like really, really hard. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're not, I'm not going to beat those times, but the reality is like, if I'm pretty close, like I'm doing all right. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> like, that's fine. You know, I'm like, okay, so I only did a 240 Fran. I'm like, oh, whatever, you know, like who cares? Oh, exactly. Um, exactly. I want to switch modes a little bit and talk about coaching yep. and coach development. So, you know, obviously you and Paul are at the gym and he and I talk about this a little bit. And then do you coach level twos as well? I forget. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about a little bit. So the, the structure of the level two has changed, obviously. Yes, it has. And I think it's better. So I think taking that test. And, I, I fully and, agree. Uh, I think taking that test and moving it. Have you taught one since they changed it? Yeah, I taught one. So, yeah. so give me your thoughts on it. I, I like it way better. I, I like it a lot better too. I mean, just from a administrative standpoint it's nice not to have the test but from a a standpoint of the participant there's there's a lot more one i feel like there's a lot more practice time um number two the way they they switch things around it's hard people won't really know unless they've come back for a second time obviously the difference yeah but the progression through the different aspects of coaching or the, the, the criteria that make a good coach and the way that we layer it into the weekend is to me a lot more logical and mm-hmm. it makes it easier on the participants to start to understand how to implement that into their own coaching practice. Um, so for example, dabbling a little bit in the heavy day on day one mm-hmm. um, with a few of the things that we touched on on day one is really makes a lot of sense to me and then coming back full circle and trying to implement that or see it being implemented into a full class setting with the hour class at the end mm-hmm. um, is, is great. So, and then the nutrition lecture I think is a great, great addition. Um, you know, we talk the level two is basically a how to guide on to how to implement the methodology that we teach in the level one effectively mm-hmm. and part of that's nutrition. And so the, the nutrition aspect, I, I love how now we're getting into, well, you know, we always got into how do you coach the movements? Now it's how do you coach nutrition on top of that and, yeah. and implement it into your gym? So I, I think it's great. The, um, for those that don't know, so they, there's never been a nutrition aspect to the level two. And, and I like that they put it in there, but it's not for those of you that are thinking macros and, you know, vitamins and all that stuff, like, that's not what it's about. This is more the actual kind of practical application of delivering nutrition, not, not Mm -hmm. the, not the science of nutrition or not the, the, in the weeds, this is talking about more kind of the psychological aspects, the environmental yeah the the environmental aspects of of nutrition in order to get people to do and execute the material from the level one that's right and uh i think it's really cool to see because i think it it just puts a different lens on nutrition in general because i can can be a very i can be a very tough thing to tackle in general like anybody who's been doing this for a long time is is had Mm -hmm probably multiple failures trying to coaching somebody in nutrition. I mean, I know it's very tough because we, I mean, we just talked about it. People come in for, I mean, in your podcast says it, it's the best hour of their day during this hour, they come in and we teach them movements and we try to get them fitter purely based on 
you know, the physical, physical aspects of the CrossFit workout. And then they've got 23 hours of the day where they can potentially mess it up or make it better with the nutrition. And we're not following them around, right? Yeah. We're not cooking for them. Um, it'd be, although it'd be pretty cool to have a, a cooking class at your gym. If anyone Dude, ever did, in if my, anyone, in if my anyone ever did gym, that, that'd be sweet. In my dream gym, we would have a full blown kitchen in it and yeah. uh, we would, we would allow people to cook in there. Like I would, yeah. I mean, I would have like a full fledged kitchen in there. Um, and we would do tons of video and stuff in there. Yeah. I think that would be the shit, man. Like, totally. But it's, but you're right. It's, it's just a difficult, it's a difficult thing because it's also, I mean, less so for working out. But if you compare it to that, like nutrition is super emotional, mm-hmm. right? It's, um, it's religious. It's, yep. it's idealistic. Like there's so many different aspects of, uh, you know, human sociology that are, uh, that are attached to nutrition, uh, that it's really hard to tease those things out and go about educating people. And then beyond education, actually coaching them through making healthy choices. It's, it, it becomes tricky, but the level two is just a great job of, of trying to lay the foundation for, you know, a framework that you can begin to follow and get people moving in the right direction. Yeah. It's, and nothing that we teach in those courses is the, is the end all be all. I think they're all the foundational building blocks for you to start building skills and then understanding knowledge and then, and then go from there. And mm-hmm. I think, I, I don't think, and this is my personal opinion. I don't, obviously I don't, I'm biased. I don't think anybody does it better than CrossFit. So, you know, kudos to the, you know, to the, 10 pound brains up there who are putting all that stuff together. Um, yeah, big time. The, have you guys had anybody come through for the CDP? You've had at least one. Yeah, we've had, we've had one. We have a couple, we've got one schedule coming up. I, I couldn't tell you if anyone is registered for that. Uh, that all goes through Paul, but uh, we had one person come through for, for a one day session. It was great. So for, so I've talked about it before cause I've, I've done three, two, I think I've done three. Um, but talk to, for those people, like what, what are people getting at the CDP? Cause I think the CDP is like, I think it's one of the best things out there. Honestly, it's, a, it's amazing. It's part of the challenges of the level two is that you get put into an unnatural environment and forced to, uh, you know, you're forced to evaluate your coaching or have your coaching skills be evaluated by one of the head trainers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're stopping you. We're getting you to, to restart. This, these situations would never happen in your gym. So what's great about the, the CDP is that you come into a, an actual gym environment where members are coming in from their you know, daily lives. They're doing a class and you get to run this full class you know, more or less without interruption, mm-hmm. right? So you come, you get to come in with a plan. We talk about the plan, and we try to execute that as best as possible. And yeah, there might be little conversations during um, the course of the class where you get to start maybe implement some potential strategies in real time. But for the most part, you get to just sort of coach the class and talk about it, and then try and make some changes. Uh, throughout that day as you coach you know one or two more classes on top of that so it's yeah. it's really cool because uh, because this is 
I mean, this is how you're going to be doing it in your own affiliate, right? So you can take what you learn and, and directly apply that instead of having to come up with these, you know, these conceptual ideas like, okay, I learned this concept at the level two. How do I put that into that class environment, right? Like you, yeah. we, they do see the class example at the end of the weekend, um, but it's, it's one thing to see it and it's another thing to practice it. Right? Yeah. So it's a really, really cool course. Where, because I, 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 people have asked me where it fits in and I think um, you can kind of play, so let's think about like the full spectrum, level one, level two, level three, level four. And mm -hmm. I believe the level four is going to be launched end of March. So mm -hmm. less, than a, uh, less than two months. Mm -hmm. um, wh whether you put that kind of CDP, it, I think it's definitely post level two. For sure. But, but whether you put it before your level three or after your level three, I think in my mind, if your intent is to, is to apply and take the level four, in my mind, that's a must. Yes. You, you need to do yeah. a CDP prior to taking the level four. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I think you are probably just going to waste money taking the level four and not pass that test. Yeah, I agree. If you were to have one, like a tree telling you which direction to go from level one to level two, I feel like the CDP and the level three would branch off in almost different directions because one's yeah. practical and one's just an evaluation. Yep. But then both would need yep. to be hit before you got to your level four. Yeah. And, and the level, the CDP is not required to take the level four. The no. level three is required. Yes. Um, in my opinion, in my experience, I, I personally think if you're going to, shoot to try to pass level four, mm -hmm. then I'm going to tell you that in practical application, it's required because yeah. that, that's going to be your dry run to, to have right. somebody put eyes on you to say, Hey, you're either in a good spot for this or you're not. Mm -hmm. um, and then try to help you create those solutions for that. And whether you do a one day or a three day, they can look a little bit different. But for me, it was, it's been really cool to see the people come through and throw them in the deep end a little bit and, and, and everybody's like, well, neither, these are not my athletes and I'm not, and I'm not whatever. And I'm like, it should matter. Like mm -hmm. if you're a yep. good coach, none of that stuff matters. Like it is entirely irrelevant. Your skill set is your skill set. And, has and it's not, and it's not like you, I mean, in your own environment too, you, sh you can show up 15 minutes before your class and that's yep. all the time you need to prep because you know the environment, right? Mm -hmm. For the CDP, you come in an hour, a couple hours before you, you, depending on the schedule of the gym you're at too, you might even see a class ideally being run beforehand by someone else and you're given time to prep for these classes. It's not like you're showing up like you would at your own gym 10, 15 minutes before say hi to people talk, you know, about some memberships and what they did on the weekend and then go it's, you know, you, you have much more time to prepare because of the fact that, yeah, it is a learning opportunity. It's a course and it is in, in a bit of an unnatural environment. So you, you know, you're yeah, and you're and you're and for a lot of people myself included like it's pretty i think it's rare for you to show up somewhere and have nothing to do but work on coaching like even if you're even if you're mm -hmm. not an, even if you're not a gym owner but you're a coach like there's other stuff going on that's a distraction that's right. and you're not practicing but the cdp is like either one or three days where like mm -hmm. full immersion like that's all i've got going on i get to review my lesson plan we get to talk about it i get to run drills i get to mm -hmm. do a practice class and i get to do all these things and i get to just focus on mm -hmm. the core principles of coaching yeah because 
and your affiliate, the reality is like, we don't really get to do that every day. Like that we, no. we're coaching, but we're not getting evaluated and practicing coaching at that totally, point. Totally. So. And it's, a, I mean, and it's a, it's a collaboration essentially with some people with a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's, again, that's another thing that is rare unless you're, um, unless you have enough initiative to just go hang out in someone else's affiliate who you know has that experience, right? Which sometimes that does happen. Or like, hey, someone calls you up randomly once every three years. Hey, can I come hang out in your affiliate and learn from you? You know, I had a dude hit me um, up yesterday about that. Who's who's? I was like, yeah, I'm like, here's my schedule. Yeah, which is great, which is great, right? And uh, and so there's a lot of cool ideas that that get bounced around and and. Uh, that's what I think is cool about the CDP and just that coaching in general, which is we, I start off, I'm like, what are your goals? And they're like, I want to get better at this. And I'm like, okay, cool. So then we do an evaluation on, you know, because I want to make sure that their goals are match up with what they actually need. So like, Mm -hmm. is that an, is that an accurate assessment of what you need to work on the most? Um, And then, and if they do, then we can like push them towards those things and we can be like, all right, cool. Like we can actually start to get you better at those. And here's some very tangible items for you to start working on immediately, um, Mm -hmm. which I think is cool. So yeah, it's um, a great, it's a great course. Cool. So what's on, what's on tap until from now between the games? So now, I mean, it's like I said, trying to get into a a normal uh, or semi-normal routine with, uh, with Johnny and coaching and the level one and, and training. So last week was actually, uh, you know, when I was describing to you that Reza starts to program my week, my weakness work for me last week was the first week since Argentina that he's been back doing that. So, um, so now I basically, I, I look at my, my uh, spreadsheet the night before plan out my day. There's a few hours of training. I need to wiggle in there. There's uh, my normal coaching hours and I'm pretty much just going to try and stay on that train for the next six months. I, I think, I think the, the less I can disturb that, the better once I do get into a routine, cause then it's just, it's automatic and I can just, I can train, I can coach, I can get the level one stuff done. I can be here for, for Jen and the family and, be, you know, try to be a good father and a good husband at the same time. Um, <laughs> which is Valentine's day today. So it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so today is an important day. Don't forget. But, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, I'm, I'm doing a couple sanctioned events so I could just continue to get my feet wet with competition. I mean, it's always, it's one thing to train in your own, your own gym, uh, every single day. And it's the whole nother ball game to get out there and compete against. Like, what against are, uh, what are so, the other ones you, that you have, or have you picked them yet? Yeah. So next month I'm going to Atlas games in Montreal. So oh, so you are the, still going to do that. Got I'm it. still going to do that. So that's the first, uh, the first sanctioned event in, uh, in Canada. Okay. And it's, uh, it's going to be a, a nice tip of the hat to regionals when it used to be up here in Canada. So we're going to see a lot of the old Canada East competitors and it'll be that's a cool. pretty, kind of nostalgic for people. So we're excited about that up here. And then after that, I'm going to New Jersey for the Asbury park summer games. And that'll be in June, I believe early June. Okay. Um, and there's some, there's some heavy hitters that have qualified for that. And, and I think they're doing a section, a second qualifier for that. And so I expect a few more guys to be there. And that'll be a nice, that'll be a nice sort of test for myself 
a couple months out from the games. Yeah. Um, so I can just make some some last minute adjustments going in, going into the CrossFit game. So yeah, I'm gonna give you two months, which is enough time to, you know, yeah, tweak some things. Yeah, ex- exactly. You're not gonna. I mean, once the train's moving, you're not going to gain significant fitness in two months, but you can uh, you can definitely start to come up with maybe some strategic tweaks. Yeah. You can realize some things about yourself where maybe you can try Like we talked about strategy, right? Like every sport has aspects of strategy and it's important to be on top of that. So no, I think, cool. uh, I think that'll be an important test. That's cool. Well, yeah. Good luck, man. Um, Thank you. I'm obviously rooting for you. Is, uh, is PT trying to swiggle in there in any one of these? PT has a team uh, lined up to go to Atlas games in Montreal. So we're going to be heading yeah. down there together. He's on a team, uh, it's, uh, team Tidax Nation with Craig Kenny, Alex Parker, and Meredith Root. So Alex Parker and Meredith Root, he was on the demo team with them last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then Craig Kenny is just, uh, you know, he's just an all-time fit dad. So him and PT <laughs> stay, stay in touch. And, uh, and I think the two – well, they did Ireland together as well. So okay. They went to Ireland. They did the Filthy 150 together. And uh, – and uh, I'm excited to watch them compete. I'm excited to see Craig too. He's a great guy, and uh, I hope they I hope they win the whole thing. I hope they can go to the game. So that's the goal for them. That'd be awesome. That'd yeah, be- absolutely. Yeah. Awesome, bro. I know yeah. you're a new dad. I know you get some training to get in. So yeah, thank thanks you so a lot, much for your time, dude. This was awesome, and I think uh, I think people will get a lot out of this. So I appreciate it. Before you go, I, w- go I do want to say on the record that. I and you guys hear this all the time. You and Jason, man, you this podcast is incredible. What, Thanks, you guys, what you guys are doing with best hour of their day is is so cool we talked a little bit about this to you and i at the summit yeah and uh you know we have a we have a less popular podcast called the ncr <laughs> podcast which listen i've been on that <laughs> podcast bro. i think it's a, i think it's a good podcast no i uh, you were the you were the last episode that we did actually i uh I, I genuinely appreciate that. And Jay and I talk about this all the time. Um, we get a lot of feedback from coaches and stuff like that. But the ones that we truly appreciate the most are from uh, from our peers. Like, I think that's like the highest um, kind of nod that you can get. So um, oh, it's just, I, I, that it's, always it's means like that, that for me, I'm like, okay, we're, we're, we're on the right track at least. If like if our peers are looking to be like, hey, that's, that's, that's good stuff. Yeah, you guys really are. And um I mean, the, the content and the, the amount of resources is great. I, I had only, I'm going to be honest with you, I had only listened to a few podcasts until uh-huh. you, you messaged me to be on it. And then the last two days, I listened to three of them. You're and binging. so my, my which goal... Ones? Which ones? The first three. Oh, the first three? Okay. I skipped, right. the, I skipped the intro because I know you guys already. Okay. But I went, to, I went to implementing CrossFit.com into your okay. affiliate. Yep. Um. And then I went to the whiteboard brief. Okay. And now I'm in the middle of listening to uh, Jason interview uh, Austin Maliolo. In oh, okay. Car, in his car. All right. And well, uh, you have uh, you only have 160 left. So this is my goal. By the time I see you at the games, I want to have listened to them all. Well, well, here's here, so here's what I then then I'll see you at the games, and then then all I want is feedback on like how we can make it better. Okay, perfect. Well, we can do it. We could do. I'll summarize all of them for you in a, in a follow up podcast. How about that? Done. Done. Okay. <laughs> Good. Uh, 
All right, dude. Hey, uh, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Um, oh, let's uh, let's pitch your guys' programming. So you guys, so the NCR program is available on Sugarwood. It's available on Sugarwood. It's available on Beyond the Whiteboard. Okay. Um, we post the workout, uh, the class workout every day on Instagram um, for free. So you can follow the NCR program and you can get a little taste of that. Um, we also throw out on that Instagram page um, the the class outlines and, and class plans that I write up uh, yeah. every single, every single week. And we give you little doses of the priority work. So if you're interested in just sort of tasting that stuff, that's all, yeah. all there for you to, to test out. And it, cool. it's just the reason we do it is because we do it anyway. And we yep. just offer it to people if they want to try to implement that into their gyms, because if it's going to work for them, then that's, that's good. awesome. Yeah. So check it out guys. Again, coming from uh, some of the best minds in the, uh, in the community, in my opinion, with a ton of experience. So go check them out. Uh, and if you got questions, hit us up or just go directly to them. And, uh, and I know those guys are happy to help you out. So my brother, I'm going to let you get to it. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Yep. Thanks again for listening to best hour of their day. And thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with best hour of their day when it comes to sharing our posts on Instagram, when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback, we are grateful and we appreciate it. We are trying to build a community based on coaching development and becoming the best version of yourself. And it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you. So if you haven't already please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Season one of Dropping In is out. We are getting tremendous feedback and we'd love for you to check it out. Leave us a comment on there. Head over to our Instagram, give us a follow, like our pictures, feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, please don't hesitate. Email us, besthouroftheirday at gmail.com. Thanks again. Until the next episode, we hope you've had the best hour of your day.